Star Wars 7x7 episode 2893. So you can't point the finger at one person in the galaxy far, far away to blame that one person for the fall of the Republic, but I think Obi-Wan is at the point where if you were to point a finger at someone, he thinks you should be pointing the finger at him. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we've already completed our briefings on the first three episodes of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and as we have done with previous live action series, we're going to take a deep dive into subject matter from each of those three episodes, starting with part one, which we are referring to here internally as setups and refusals, since they don't have official titles. And in particular, we're going to talk about Obi-Wan Obi-Wan himself as we are reintroduced to him in this format. Now I say in this format because it was 2005 the last time we saw a live action Obi-Wan Kenobi and yes there has been a world of storytelling that has happened since obviously the movie and subsequent seven seasons of the Clone Wars for example and stuff in the comics and a couple of novels and so on and so forth but this is the first time we are seeing a live action Kenobi in 17 years and that whole opening montage that we've talked about on previous episodes like that definitely sums up the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin and how Anakin you know started off as just a you know wee little youngster brought into the Jedi Order and how things went horribly awry as a result. But the thing that's established through multiple examples is Obi-Wan's responsibility for Anakin, or at least him being asked to take responsibility for Anakin and then accepting that responsibility and then insisting on keeping that responsibility and then blaming himself for the failure of his responsibility. He accepts Qui-Gon's last wish and says, yeah, I'll train the boy, and then has to fight for that when it comes to Yoda. And then, of course, everything goes wrong, and he's saying, I have failed you, Anakin, I have failed you. So Obi-Wan is as surprised as anyone else that things have turned out the way that they have, and he's saying, you know, you were supposed to be the chosen one. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them, which kind of raises a question that I don't think we've really considered. And that has to do with what Obi-Wan has or hasn't told Uncle Owen about Anakin Skywalker, right? We obviously <laughs> saw the scene where Obi-Wan says, like, the boy must be trained, and Owen says, yeah, like, you trained his father, and Obi-Wan's like, oh. But what does Owen actually know about the situation? Does he know that Anakin turned into Darth Vader? Does he think that Anakin is dead like Obi-Wan thinks Anakin is dead? That seems like the only logical conclusion. I mean, Obi-Wan could not have told Owen that Anakin was still alive because he didn't know it, right? So, yeah, and I guess it's just a question of whether he told Owen that Anakin fell to the dark side of the forest and that he was forced to kill him in a final battle. Like, did we get that particular bit of information to Owen as well? Still don't know, and... Yeah, I mean, it speaks to Obi-Wan's mindset about this whole thing. How much guilt is he actually carrying around about the situation? It seems like it's quite a lot. 
He tells Nari, the runaway Jedi, that the time of the Jedi is done. And there's another rhyming thing, right? Because that's kind of last Jedi-ish with Luke Skywalker saying it's time for the Jedi to end, right? And he also tells him, you know, the war's over and we lost and there is no more fight to fight. So now his whole job is to keep watch over Luke with the hope, <laughs> the barest of hopes, that Luke will someday grow up to become someone powerful enough in the Force to challenge the Emperor, right? Leading into the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, there is no Vader, there is no Anakin, like he's dead in Obi-Wan's mind. So it is only the Emperor that needs to be challenged at this point. Although you have to imagine Obi-Wan, I guess, must consider the possibility that he might, the Palpatine might take on another apprentice eventually. Like he knows about the whole, you know, Sith rule of two thing. So he understands to some degree that he can't be held responsible for the whole galaxy because Palpatine managed to manipulate everything. And yet he is responsible for giving Palpatine his most powerful apprentice in his own mind. Certainly the one who was able to complete the transition from the Republic to the Empire and became part of the you know, utter extermination of the Jedi Order. Which means that Obi-Wan is also sitting there in the desert for 10 years believing that he is complicit in the murder of all of those Jedi as well. So just imagine that. Imagine how lonely we find Obi-Wan Kenobi like in the middle of the desert watching over a kid who may or may not have the fate of the galaxy resting on his shoulders even though you know he's just a 10 year old boy and has no clue whatsoever and the guy watching over him thinks that he's responsible for the fall of the Republic and the extermination of every single friend and ally that he ever had. That's a really brutal place to be and it's no wonder he refuses the call over and over again. Ah, goodness. Alright, so Obi-Wan Maybe he'll have a chance to find some absolution for himself by the end of the series. It seems like that would be a beautiful way for things to work out, if at all possible. Of course, Vader isn't going to make that easy, especially with lines like, I am what you made me, that he lays on Kenobi in Episode 3, right? So, yeah, this is going to be tough, but hopefully there's a way through it for Obi-Wan. And so that is going to do it for my deeper dive into Episode 1 of the series, which we're calling Setups and refusals and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items, are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders, may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.